0: Antonians, and welcome to Brap Talk. this is a weekly podcast where we discuss the happenings of the motorcycle industry i am your host jensen buehler of asphalt and rubber and joining me on this two-wheel adventure is the man in my corner office mr shaheen Avondi! i
1: don't know why but i have like um not history of the world. The other one, the uh, um, Life of Brian. Life, no, no. Also, King Arthur, we, Holy Grail. Holy Grail. I Have that in my head. Yeah.
0: We, we just bring out your dad. Bring out your dad. <laughs> we just had like. An hour-long conversation that we didn't record, so.
1: You guys, we basically record, we didn't record an hour's worth of a podcast, so <laughs> we got to get through this one quick. We, we fixed <laughs>
0: the entire motor and in- motorcycle industry. We did. We, that's the thing, right? We, we have the best ideas. It's just, we never record them. Just forgot. <laughs> just forgot to hit record. And then I forgot to hit record again. <laughs> Probably start <laughs> the show. <laughs> Probably for the best that it's we didn't a, it's record. It's a tricky recorder. That's tricky.
1: <laughs> Everybody thinks podcasting is easy. It is. It, it is pretty buttons. It, it is pretty easy. All fairness, you gotta press <laughs> buttons. You gotta speak into mics loudly and eloquently. Uh, don't clear your throat so much, Shaheen. You know, I edit out a lot of your your throat clearance. My my, uh, well, and it turns out I have throat problems. Now it makes sense. Now it makes sense. It, makes sense. it all makes sense. <laughs> yeah, we should that have known this like mind. two years ago. Son of a
0: bitch. We thought it was to Kitty. It's just your no. larynx or whatever it is. Yeah,
1: whatever. This fucking my sphincter in my throat. Your your COVID throat, my COVID throat. Huh. Nice. Like <laughs> We've learned everything today. <laughs> Today's been a very eye opening day. And I got up today. I was gonna ride my motorcycle and go have like a day in the twisties, and it was raining like crazy. And I was like, Do I want to put on my gear and go ride in the rain? You can still do that. I got the Africa Twin for three more days. Three more days. Yeah, that's wow. We gotta go get it dirty. You gotta give it back to them, muddy
0: and dirty, filthy, not dirty, filthy garbage. Damn. I know a place. They've been very nice. I've had that bike for, I don't know how long. I think. And and the other bike in my garage that I'm not going to name because I am 100% sure that they forgot that I have it. They've straight up forgotten about <laughs> that other stra- bike. Like, no one has contacted me about getting that thing back.
1: That bike doesn't even exist. <laughs> That's mine like Fuck it. It costs less money to let them keep it than to have to go get the damn Probably.
0: thing. <laughs> I don't want it. I want it then to, they would have to
1: They'd have to take it from you and then go and decommission it and like put it in auction and then some dealership like mine would buy it and sell it. Yeah.
0: Can we just cut out the middleman? Can I just give it to you? Yeah, yeah just, just, give just give it to me. me. I'll <laughs> figure it out. I'll split the split the commission in half with you. Uh, By doing that, we would automatically double sales on that motorcycle in the U.S. Actually, would yeah. We had one in our used
1: lot for about a month and a half, and then exactly who I thought would buy it bought it,
0: which a was blind, like a blind person.
1: No, no, he was, he was, no, he had very thick glasses though, actually. Hmm. Um, no, <laughs> he was a very, very kind gentleman in his, you know, like early sixties. And he was, he definitely gave off like accountant vibes, mm. but you know, he also wanted to have a cool cruiserish motorcycle. And it was like, no, you're the guy, you're exactly the guy I envisioned, you know, you're a nice fella. You speak very quietly and uh in love with that shaft drive quite i mean he talked about that ad nauseum that was his favorite part of the bike
0: it is pretty it's very pretty
1: it's very pretty i haven't told him and it's funny because he was he was like i'm very introverted i don't really talk to people i'm like well this is not the right bike then yeah you're gonna have a lot of people want to talk to you you about yeah
0: what is the only upside
1: to that bike Mm -hmm. we haven't talked since i've come back from we haven't talked since last year. austin (laughs) yeah i went to austin I that's never, right let's talk about austin dude i got to meet so many f- listeners i, I had I so much fans fomo. i don't want to be presumptuous that they're fans of us they just listen they just
0: listen <laughs> <laughs> they, hate, they hate listen every they're like oh god they're talking know, about you know, guys. Oh, god.
1: these two scratchy voiced motherfuckers again <laughs> um no it was it was actually unbelievably positive so grateful that everybody came up and they would just stop me in the middle of the track and be like shaheen right i'm like yep And the first two or three times it happened, I'm like, stranger danger, what's happening here? And then I realized, oh yeah, I'm on a podcast and people know my face uh, because these green glasses don't exactly hide. They pop, yeah. They pop. Um, So it was really, really awesome. I was really grateful to meet, I I would say easily like 40 to 50 people stopped me and just said hi and thanked us for what we do and just incredible positive uh, reactions, which I'm grateful for and uh, looking forward to hopefully happening again soon at another event Just felt nice to get random high fives, man. A couple of safety thirds here and there. Got to hang out with our friend Shalina. She's all right. She's all right. She's, she's, you know, like okay. She's so friendly. She might be friendlier than I am. On a good day. Yeah.
0: You are, you are friendly 24 7. Yeah. I just don't turn it off. Shalina, she knows kind of like a gremlin. Like oh. after midnight. Do you spray her with water? Yeah, like, oh. you got to be careful. Not a morning person. <laughs> not a, not morning. a morning person. Oh, man. not oh, wow. Really not a morning person. I just remembered some things. Yeah, definitely not a morning
1: she person. Just, um, she just raced with a... We had a bunch of friends at Moto America Super Hooligan this last weekend. Some guy named Rennie. Some guy named Rennie. Some girl named Shalina. Uh, some, some guy named Corey. Some guy named Andy. Some guy named Ryan Peterson.
0: Patricia, Patricia. I only oh. know Patricia, or I only know Corey because of Patricia. See, mine's the other way. I know Patricia because I know Corey. Who? Exactly.
1: Corey East, East, Northwest. North, I don't know. You really like Kanye? <laughs> um, yeah. But so it was kind of neat that they were there, and they, all of them sent pictures of their because they were all riding on uh, Ducati Hypermotard SPs. Not all of them. Well, sorry, not Some all. all of them. <laughs> only Shalina, Ryan, and uh, Jacob were riding on these bikes and every single one of them put my safety third sticker on the front of their bike I saw that so all the pictures that i saw ducati put up i'm like holy fuck there's my sticker That's good product awesome. placement
0: safety third did i see a Brap talk sticker on one of those uh, too?
1: yep yep uh, ryan we are
0: apparently sponsoring a, a super uh, hooligan we're racer. we're the
1: uh <laughs> very quiet loudspeaker <laughs> sponsors of super of, of, uh, super hooligan <laughs> moto america class as it should be yeah i think i've sold out of stickers i gotta buy more <laughs>
0: I have some rap talks done. Yeah, no, Stairs. I mean I'm the safety thirds are like gone. I gotta get more. Well, of them. That's the that's the fan favorite. That's the fan favorite. I'm gonna make t shirts of those, I think. I don't know why you haven't. I don't know either. I don't know why we don't have a t shirt like shop thing. Just in
1: general. Yeah. I've got a quote for it. I just gotta tell them yes and give them money. It's easy. Yeah. I got that part down. Um, anyways, Austin was
0: amazing. I had so much FOMO. You had so much fun. You didn't even join. No, I said FOMO. Oh FOMO. You oh, I I said not. you had so much fun. No, I had no fun. No, I watched no from my TV. It was nice watching like from my living room, during daylight hours, things live. Right. Not text walking. Messaging, not walking.
1: I walk 27 miles according to this watch. That's a lot of miles. in like two and a half days.
0: That's too much.
1: It's a lot. And I wear Converse Chuck Taylors the whole time. Everybody's like, how are you walking in these? I'm like, I don't know. Somehow I'm comfortable in One these. One foot trees. after the other. Yep. Just uh just keep just keep on, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Uh got to hang out with a lot of cool industry folks. Meet some new people that are uh,
0: permanently in my phone. What's the, what's the buzz? What's the vibe? How are, people, how are people feeling about the industry?
1: I think this MotoGP was the most fun I've ever gone to in all the ones that I've gone to in Coda. Like everybody was very positive. You can just tell there was like a, a general optimism in the air. Ducati Island was packed. All the other brands that were in the infield doing test rides were packed. Our dear buddy Dan
0: Trotty, uh, was doing test rides for Aprilia, and I don't think that guy had a break. Very disappointed I did not have barbecue with Andrade. Oh. That's pretty much like a MotoGP Austin yeah. staple for See? me. Um, yeah, it was it was
1: just a good buzz in the air that seemed like, I think on Sunday, they sold out of general admission tickets because a couple of buddies of mine that live in Austin tried to buy them to come join me, and they couldn't get in. Oh, interesting. So it was pretty pretty packed. The stands during the race were packed. The races were super fun. Races were great. Uh, amazing to watch Petrucci just kick wholesale ass out there on that uh, on that V four. I guess it's an R. Yeah, interesting. I'm curious if the R will come back. Yeah, I mean, technically you have to have a homologated version, don't you?
0: Yeah, but it's it's like homologated. Like usually like the homologation range is like five model years or yeah. something like that.
1: So I guess it's still within.
0: Um, but anyways, yeah, good, good general vibes. We somehow
1: managed to sneak into the Red Bull after party. Yeah, how's was that? Uh, I feel like that's the most overrated party. It's super in the overrated. Industry. It's just everybody wants to be there so they can say they're next to some GP racer. Yeah, I did literally bump shoulders with uh, Jack Miller who complimented me on my beard. Thanks, Jack. Um, and then team hashtag team hand fucking almost knocked Mark
0: Mark Marquez's drink out of his hand. I almost got in a fight with Jorge Lorenzo. <laughs> It's at the red bull party it's a thing one would do <laughs> that's just and his entourage <laughs> it was it was actually rather entertaining because you just sit there and i'm just like i'm twice your size yeah, bro. bro you don't want
1: to do this i will literally <laughs> pick you up and throw you off this, <laughs> this, this little dude man like <laughs> had to pull him
0: back be like i'm like he's gonna fuck you up i'm like i didn't do anything wrong <laughs> i just got a drink from the bartender she gave me the drink before she gave you the drink because she didn't know who you are because you're this tiny spanish guy in america
1: you didn't even win bro
0: like, what are you upset about?
1: But anyways, um, he went home alone. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> everybody was nice. Nobody fought, even though hashtag Team Man damn near knocked Marquez's drink out of his hand. Um, he's a nice guy. He's super nice, and his his uh his like team manager was there. Can't remember his name. Curly hair, big beard. Santi. Yeah, Santi. Yeah, and he was the one that ended up like he was like, it's fine, it's okay, and he bought him another drink and gave it to him. And I was like, can I buy you a drink? <laughs> I am sorry. <laughs> Um, But no, it was a blast. Super duper fun. I had to get back home on Monday night and because we had like three inches of snow out of nowhere because the weather's been drunk here for the last couple of weeks. That's right. Flight got canceled, so I had to catch a flight to Seattle, and then I drove home. Snow in the
0: middle of April? Snow, WTF?
1: Fourteenth snow? What's going on here, Pacific Northwest? You're acting like it's Western New York, and I don't like it.
0: It's my fault because I missed all the snow during the winter time. Oh, here, thanks. so like Portland's like, oh, we got to get like some snow before Jensen leaves. Little, little,
1: little go away party, is I call dusting. it. Dusting, little dusting. There's a little little powder on the ground for you, yeah. Which. For those of you who listen and don't live in Portland, if the snow so much as thinks about sticking on the blacktop here, they shut the city down. It's terrifying. Because cars and trees, just off, off all the, the Subarus and Audis just can't handle a little bit of snow, apparently. What the fuck's the point of all these all wheel drive vehicles?
0: And yet, it'll be the middle of summer and you'll hear cars go by with the studded snow tires. Oh my God, that noise, it makes me mad. <laughs> just, just that it sounds like crackling noise yeah that crackle oh, and you're God. like is it a flat tire or snow tires exactly. i don't know hey, bro you're
1: writing in your rim oh no it's just still your snow tire on july 10th yeah. nice well done this is why we can't have nice things yeah exactly uh yeah that weekend flew by i got there on thursday and i got back home on essentially tuesday morning at 2:45 a.m and it was just a blur so much happened and uh yeah i'm back season started shop is busy as hell been riding my monster around getting yelled at by my wife because i pulled a wheelie in front of her did you yeah, i did oh, <laughs> on purpose <laughs> on purpose I'm <laughs> on purpose on purpose <laughs> she loves wheelies as long as i'm not doing them apparently okay a huge fan like if you do one in front of her she would be like yeah jensen go
0: and if i do one she's like knock that shit off right now stop it let's be fair to be fair uh, let's be fair uh me doing an intentional wheelie in front of someone is just not a oh, wheel ever gonna not. really happen
1: I-, I can only do it successfully on the monster because it's a fucking monster.
0: Well, the Street Fighter is perfectly capable. It's the it's the rider that has. The,
1: I feel like the Street Fighter is way scary to wheelie. Oh yeah, sure. Wheelbase is like three inches long.
0: Terrifying. Oh
1: god, it's like a
0: unicycle. The only wheelies I can do are power wheelies on the track, which are sexy. Yeah, I mean that's 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 like a that's like a gazelle on the like Saharan plain. <laughs> like it's just its natural habitat. Just it's majestic. Watching it run beautifully yeah. with your hair David Attenborough narrating.
1: <laughs> if you look, yeah. The mighty Jensen is pulling a wheelie, Majestic. Majestically, look at him. Oh, I think he's screaming in his helmet. <laughs> this is what
0: Grace looks like. Fucking <laughs> um, majestic. Yeah, what have you been up to? Uh, no, honestly, I have. Um, I've been. I've been in talks to to sell uh, asphalt and rubber um those have been interesting and always uh fun uh, i've been uh cranking away on podcasts with with this and uh paddock pass i was down in california um taking care of some personal stuff trying right. to box up all my my shit in my house which you can tell i'm doing a horrible job of yeah, i was gonna say you haven't packed shit uh, i i mm-hmm yeah we got to talk about that after the show okay (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah mostly mostly just kind of like taking a break i guess but not but you've been working nonstop for 13 years man i had to explain that to someone they were like oh like do you but do you know how to like have like a like like a busy work day and i'm just like yeah for the last thirteen years I've basically been working twenty four seven had a very busy there for thirteen years now. literally like maybe two two maybe three vacations in thirteen years like here's yeah. the thing
1: to an outsider when they see you traveling across the globe and going to such lovely places like Sardinia, it looks like vacation to the untrained eye you've been vacationing a lot,
0: even that's crazy like 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 you go on a trip like that every time I stop, I have a layover right I'm working on a story trying to publish right. something or or trying to keep it going like it's yeah. But it's funny,
1: it's still work, right? Because I went to Austin and it was like, yeah, I'm under the GP, but I was working for the... the, It's just
0: a different kind of work.
1: It is. It's like, like from the outsider's perspective, like, oh, the guy got to go to, like, some place with pretty blue waters and ride a motorcycle and then, like, write a couple of words about it. Boo-hoo.
0: I would say I hear stories about what it was like in the print days when like they would go to like
1: rock stars back then yeah
0: they would go to like florida for like a week right ride maybe six hours run some jet skis go like bar hopping for three nights end up somehow over state lines like (laughs) shooting air rifles i mean like they they have like real experiences where now it's very much like arrive tuesday morning leave wednesday evening uh huh. go very very quick don't have time to have shenanigans yeah so um yeah no that's what i've been doing I've been well, doing, okay. doing 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 things and not doing things, getting things, doing done business and not doing things
1: what what do you think is your timeline to leave me, which I'm not happy about? This is for me
0: uh, this question's for me leaving Portland shooting like end of May, I would say God but like that's it. a that's a nebulous date, okay, all right, all right, <laughs> um yeah, pine and then, kind of and date. then just to reiterate, we will continue doing the podcast. Until yeah, we're,
1: we're actually going to basically um, get cups and then have a like 600 mile long we gotta string. We got to buy that string. Yeah, yeah. we got to get the string. Yeah. Uh, we got And, all I and if you you're listening, you know, webrabtalk at com. <laughs> what kind of string do you think? Like, is it a fishing line or a Kevlar string? Is there a carbon fiber string that we can use? It's probably graphene. Ooh. All right. You know, because of the distance, yeah. the weight. And like, is there a shortage in the world of this shit? Like, do I have to order it now?
0: Probably comes from China.
1: Or should I just grab a couple of these mics from you? Definitely should do that. Right, I guess I'll grab a couple of these mics. From you.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, no. We uh, just to reiterate, and we're going to continue doing the podcast yep. despite my retirement from asphalt and rubber uh, for as long as I legally can, which is just a fancy way of saying unless I get a job somewhere else that tells me I can't do a podcast about motorcycles. Then we'll
1: illegally still do it.
0: And it's not like a. Someone was like, "Well, what what law would you be? Written? It's not like a. We're going like, to we're going to change our like,
1: names just for." legality purposes is jensen alvandia and cheyenne beeler holding you set i'm gonna do the intro from now from then on
0: i would love to see you do the
1: intro oh god i gotta get my voice if i'm here you guys start doing the intro i gotta get surgery first okay and then i gotta figure out how long I can hold a jensen beeler or do i like do i do the song at the uh or the e part of your name you know like is it beeler or is it beeler oh kind of like the let's
0: get ready to rumble
1: right yeah okay And i feel like it's always in the last syllable
0: jensen yeah
1: yeah it doesn't work Jensen, yeah it'd be funny just (laughs) jensen (laughs) figured it out i think we figured it out see y'all are listening to the math and the science happen here Mm. um so what are we doing today what are we talking about
0: exit interview exit interview we've had a couple of people send some stuff did you do you want to do that at the beginning or at the end I mean, what's, this is the a, end. I'm kind of curious what a Shaheen Alvandi exit interview looks like. Cuz he's probably <laughs> actually given exit interviews before. I don't think I've ever given an exit interview. Oh, really? I've done hiring interviews. I mean, it's more or less the same.
1: You're just asking questions about the end, not the beginning. Not like <laughs> I'm not going to ask you what your dream like Tarantino movie. <laughs> are. Yeah, exactly. We're going to start in the end. I'm going to let's see here. I need to go down the line here and see what questions there are here that other people asked. I saw kind of an overarching uh theme which is hey where do I keep getting my motorcycle uh content from since
0: asphalt and rubber is no longer around. Good question. Um Brap Talk? <laughs> right? Um I'm actually not sure Brap Talk would be the one. We we might have to change the format a little bit. Um it's a good question. It's uh I don't know. I I I read 200 publications every day. That's how I keep on top of the motorcycle news across the world.
1: Okay. <clears throat> what is your top three that you go to? That's, that's another That other question. people can get to as well.
0: I mean, if you want MotoGP news and insight, you should already be reading uh, David Emmett, motomatters.com. Let's just get that up front. Okay. David is a fantastic motorcycle journalist for racing, covers MotoGP exquisitely, uh, he's got a lot of stories from Steve English and Gordon Ritchie on his site covering World Superbike. Those are, you know, if you want your top level MotoGP racing news, that's that's where I go. Uh, industry news, you know, it's the thing. Like if I had like just like one site, like then I probably wouldn't be running Asphalt and Rubber. I think there's right. always been the the niche of Asphalt and Rubber is there's pluses and minuses I see in other publications and me trying to create one that. Create a publication that had just the pluses. We can have a debate whether or not I achieve that or not. Um, <laughs> I mean, you have like a
1: library, right? You're 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 literally doing your your research on a daily basis, and it's not just one place. You're not just reiterating the same source over and over again
0: it's the same thing i think in a lot of ways too like people get their their regular current event news and stuff from multiple sources and that's part of what social media has done and is gotten away from siloed information um off the top of my head you know in the uk i really like reading uh motorcycle news and visor down oh yeah um blatantly more visor down than motorcycle news. you know who does a bang up job is ben purvis at bike social which is actually owned by Bennett's, which is an insurance company. Oh, yeah, it is. I think if I had to pick a single source, he would be my guy. I really respect what the journalism that Ben does. He doesn't go to as many press launches. Um, I'm trying to think who the gentleman is. Oh, so bad that I can't remember his name off the top of my head because he's definitely someone I talk to. Um, but they do a good job. They do a good job over there for, and it's very interesting as a non kind of like traditional publication. It's kinda of like RevZilla's Common Tread, which I think is another great publication mm-hmm. where it's like it's not advertising based, you know, uh bike socials trying to sell you insurance. Uh, RevZilla is trying to sell you motorcycle apparel. Cure, Cycle right? World now is trying to sell you um uh financing. because uh, 'cause they're owned by yeah, o- <laughs> the Octane Group. If follow the money, you figure
1: out where, you know, what they're trying to yeah. achieve.
0: And I think if you're reading, you know, in the US, you know, you have to be looking at what motorcycle.com is doing. You have to be looking at what, what Cycle World is doing. Um, I really like reading the bike reviews that, uh, Abi does on Bike Curious, although his stuff often is getting republished somewhere else. Mm-hmm. For the local motorcycle racing scene in the US, Cycle News is great. Um, Rennie is another. Uh, you know person whose reviews I like reading a lot cuz he's got that racer perspective um and kit their editor has i think very good journalistic uh integrity and I I enjoy his company when I get to see him would you uh, would you read anything that uh, troy would write um probably not <laughs> just because um it's just hard for me to, like, relate to his perspective. Well, because I'm his so perspective much taller. is a lower than yours. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's so, I'm just so much bigger than he is. It's just, like, when he rides a motorcycle, he isn't so much on it as he is in it. And that's, that's different.
1: You know, he's just hanging out for dear life. And he's just. Trying to, trying to extrapolate as much information as he can while he's in just absolute horror and fear
0: if i was some sort of like human hamster hybrid with with mutton chops oh his mutton chops are that would be a perspective i would value a lot more but i look at like what uh evans is doing or ryan adams or pretty much anyone else on their masthead um you know they're doing they're doing really good work Some, some good work uh dennis chung is really good at digging up um patents and different kind of like industry secrets through government documents so i would say he's Whoa. he's probably one of the best in the industry at that which is not his day job so it's even more oppressive um that's a that's a hell of a hobby it's a hell of a hobby um but like yeah zach and airy and spurgeon and uh that crew are doing fantastic work uh, there's a lot there's a plethora of people that i think are doing good stuff and it kind of just like I don't think there is a great one-stop shop and I hope asphalt and rubber was that for a lot of people. Um, but that's okay. Like, I think, I think, I think you should always be digesting news from multiple sources. I agree. Um, just as a life thing, um, to get different and, and explore perspectives that you don't necessarily agree with. Like that's, there has been more than a few colleagues are like, we do not see eye to eye on a lot of bikes. But it's great like to have that like that conversation because I'm not right about everything and, and and if you have someone challenging you then that can really make sure that your opinions are the opinions that you have are are heartfelt and strong and not just like something you're kind of just picking up on
1: I think one of the hardest parts of being a, a motor journalist, you know whether it's automotive or motorcycle is that you are trying to take this inanimate object and put your opinion out for people to read, and how do you do that without sounding overly subjective about it, um, and you know get people to
0: trust your words and your opinion? Trust is the the right word. Trust is a uh, trust is the right word for a lot of reasons, and and I and I keep looking at this in like a macro level of just media and news in general like the idea that we have this term fake news right talks to the level of trust that we have in our news sources and in our media sources whether that is real or or just perceived but like that's at the end of the day that's asphalt and rubber's currency that's the currency of any publication is the trust Mm -hmm. because in a lot of cases we are the first hand experience and knowledge of an issue we're the ones on the front line seeing it riding the bike talking to the executives talking to the engineers looking at it touching it taking pictures of it finger finger fidgeting it and so we're having to relate that experience back to our readers and if you don't trust what our experience or what we're saying about our experience then there's no value to it and it's no better than just like a press release or what yeah like what's the point of reading it if you don't trust it really Unless yeah you just wanna- and i think that's one of the hardest parts and i think it's interesting in the industry to see the kind of different business models i just mentioned in some of those publications because there there is a friction between having advertisements and having editorial i i can think of a couple brands that Wanted to advertise on my site, but would only do so after they read the review right. of uh, a particular bike or product. And you're like, "Huh, it's a little integrity in question there." I, I have definitely lost more money than I have made because I am not—I wasn't willing to play that game. Yeah, um, and that was an ethical decision I made coming into it. That's just. I came into it with nothing, with zero dollars, with zero readership. If I leave with zero dollars and zero readership, I haven't lost anything. Yeah. And that can be hard because not everyone has the same goals. Not everyone has the same mindset. Not everyone's in the same position. You know, I've had publishers of ever the magazines that are like, man, I wish we could be as critical about a topic as you are being right now, but that company is like a major sponsor of ours or that company is someone we're working on a project with and we need the money right or we need to have the access we can't afford to not be invited to a racing series or a product launch or a bike test or something like that because that's our that's our shtick that's the problem with golden handcuffs isn't it that's a good that's a good phrase for it's golden handcuffs for sure
1: um you know you don't want to necessarily bite the hand that feeds you but if you have a critical uh, thing to say about something they've done wrong, I mean, you always said it perfectly. I- I've always agreed with this one thing you've said in that you love this industry a lot, which is why you are oftentimes critical of it. You're not doing it just to pat yourself on the back or feel better about yourself. You're, you're doing it because you want to see this industry grow. And my hope as a reader, <clears throat> before I even started you know, getting into the industry years ago, was that I was reading the point of view of people that I would trust because they had nothing to gain but my trust. But the reality of it is sometimes you're faced with having to make this monetary decision of is X brand going to advertise with you if they've read something that, that you've written or spoken about a product of theirs that was simply not a good product but instead of sugarcoating it, you came out and said it's not good because of XYZ. And you've only said those words because you want them to do better.
0: Yeah. And that's I mean, we've we've talked about the show with I think a couple brands that that are uh less appreciative of constructive feedback. Right. And, and um take that the the wrong way. But it's um I think another thing you have to understand with this industry is that it's small. So it it, it doesn't have to like, like I think a lot of the times and I can remember like when I started, there was a lot of friction in this space over this issue because it it was set up as like a nefarious type of thing. Right. We're like, Oh, you're paying me to write, you know, you're, you're marketing for you. And this is a swarmy evil thing. And not to say there isn't a little bit of like, what I would say unethical behavior. I think there's, there's always going to be unethical behavior in any industry at any point in time. And right. it's more or less apparent depending on circumstances. But I would say the bigger issue is the fact that this industry is so small. Everyone knows each other and yeah. more often than not, everyone's friends. And so one of the hardest things a person can ever do is say something negative or say something that's uh, constructive about their friends and that is a tendency and i th- and I think we see that where it's just like oh, i don't want to write something negative about that company because i'm friends with the press officer i'm friends with the marketing person i'm friends with the founder i'm friends with an employee that just happens to work there so you give them you give them a pass you give them a, a thing or you or you soften the blow or you don't write the story and that's i think that's much more prevalent than than anything nefarious i think it's the subconscious like I like Bob. Bob works for company X. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say anything bad because that'll get Bob in trouble or, you know, then I don't get to see Bob at the next press launch or, or whatever it is. And that's, that's a much bigger part of, I think the, the psychology of motorcycle journalism than anything else, because it's like, everyone wants to go do the fun thing. Everyone wants to be popular and friends and high five. And it, it is kind of a, for lack of a better word, old boys network and it is primarily men um that is thankfully changing slowly um which has been a great thing to see over the past you know decade or so but that's that's the bigger issue everyone knows each other mostly everyone's friends people don't like saying bad things about their friends people don't want to upset their friends people don't want to give their friend a hard time at their job and sometimes punches are pulled because of that not intentionally that's just human nature and that's why i always said you know like I'm not going to come into this business and be like, I'm the most objective person in the world because I know that's a farce. I'm a human being. I have bias. That's impossible to get rid of by definition of being a human being. Right. I would rather hang my bias up and be like, Hey, these are the bikes I have in my garage. These are the companies I think do a good job. These are the people (laughs) I like and then be like, and this is what I think. So like if I'm a huge Ducati fan and I say something negative about Ducati, that probably means something right you should know why. you should know and i would be like oh wow that really has some gravitas whereas if i say something positive about ducati and you're like ah, oh, jensen's a big ducati fan and that's why you need to be reading multiple sources like well i'm gonna go read what you know ari has to say or i'm gonna go read what troy has to say and hey like three or four people are all saying that this ducati is pretty rad that ducati must be pretty rad right i feel like that was a really long answer to that was a very a, short that was a question answer.
1: so you know it's actually interesting one of our uh Uh, One of the readers and listeners, uh, DJ, had written two questions. One of them was, I think, answered because it was, you know, what media do you think is doing it, quote, unquote, right? Mm -hmm. Or what sites would you be willing to go to for a bike news now, which you already answered. Second question, interesting. I I was actually thinking about asking you the same thing because it's sort of a, it's a bit of a fantasy question, which I always enjoy. If you had a bigger budget for A&R, what would you have done differently?
0: clone myself um
1: (laughs) well i mean that really is the case right you could have maybe hired more people i would
0: have loved yeah and and that's my cross to bear as a as a business person i'm very much a bootstrapper i'm a great business starter i don't know if i'm a great business manager to a certain extent um so i didn't have any outside investment i bootstrapped it i literally ate ramen i literally started this in my mom's basement and There are days where I'm like, man, you know, if I had like a couple hundred thousand dollars in investment and seed money, I really could have done some things. Mm -hmm. Um, I also wouldn't nearly own as much as I have of the company. Um, Money is less of the issue. Resource and time is probably the better currency. If I had more bandwidth and headroom, I would love to have done a print quarterly. And I and I see other people doing this. Like you, you see this with Iron and Air, you see this yeah. with some other publications, um, Meta um Upshift. There's there's no shortage now of, of um good, high quality paper. The goal should be someone reads this magazine and instead of throwing it away, puts it on their shelf and then they come back to it a month, a year, a decade later and reread it and still find enjoyment. So we're talking evergreen content, high quality paper, glossy photos, features going around the world, exciting locations, exciting interviews, exciting perspectives, people with gravitas and and compelling stories. I think there's absolutely a room for that in a digital world because print is still a beautiful way of i I love reading books on paper in Mm -hmm. fact i I only buy hardbacks i love having a hardback book i can't read 400 pages on a screen i tried doing that the un i literally had vision problems i had to stop um so i would have loved to do that i would have loved to make 10 more podcasts and i would have (laughs) loved to have made a more robust youtube channel that was doing the top gear of motorcycles the hardest and that was the hardest thing is like the the video side of it doesn't make any sense to me and that's why i think a lot of the most successful youtube vloggers are really just like kind of guys that are just camera on a helmet talking while they ride because it's it's not a lot of time to edit low impact low production quality and you just flip it up there and people will watch it and you'll make some money it's really hard to make money doing something high quality. Um, and I think you, and I think the lack that the fact that we don't really have a good top gear for motorcycles fix yet. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely something like, I don't want to say like there aren't people doing that, but like we don't have it at that level where it has that following. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think what Mm -hmm. Zach and Ari are doing are probably the closest thing to it, followed by maybe what Jamie Robinson is doing. The 44 teeth guys, you know, those are big names in our industry. But when you look at their reach and their viewership, it's still incredibly small. It's a fraction of what the automotive side does. Yeah. And you just sit there like, I'm not going to say they're not making money, but man, I bet they're not making as much as people think they are Um, just because it's expensive. You look at the credit list, like unless you can do it all yourself, you know, like I remember I saw um, the budget sheet for Arrival Publications video services and was astounded at how much it cost them to do what is essentially a camera on a helmet yeah. bike review. It's like a five-figure budget, five-figure budget for something video. that, like, i mean, used to mm-hmm. going like, yeah, no, you should be able to just like, that, like that should take just one guy. I remember you and I saw that, and I was like, there's
1: no way, there's no fucking way, there's no way physically possible for it to be this much money. But when you have, 20 and then you break people, it down, you're like, oh yeah, it is.
0: If you have 20 people on your credit list, right. your 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 you role school, list, yeah. unless they're somehow uh, indentured servitude to you it's tough so tough. um yeah i would like to if i had like man just infinite amount of money and, and resources yeah i'd love to to do that i don't it's such an easy thing to say and it's such a hard thing to do yeah so you know i don't think money is is enough of it um like you said resources is really the time yeah, resource is such a resource like i would love to have hired a, a staff of 10 people but you really can't run an online publication with a staff of 10 people um so yeah i mean it's it's an interesting thing um yeah the print one the the quarterly that's always one i really wanted to do really wanted to do
1: i like the idea of um essentially like a national geographic style yes for motorcycle and not just because motorcycle is not just the item it's just the start but the things you get to do and the con- you know the connections you get to make, which really it was—I remember loving National Geographic magazines for that because it allowed me to connect with the world. Yeah, that I couldn't otherwise connect
0: with. And it's beautiful photography. Oh, absolutely. And it's and it's high quality paper. Yeah, like people literally put National Geographic. The like world's
1: shelf. you know print now is kind of has that beautiful feel to it. They're catching on. They're catching on. I think they're probably the closest one in the U.S. for that level of sort of beauty that i look forward to seeing they, they, we get them at the shop
0: every so often the problem with that is i wouldn't say their content is necessarily evergreen
1: it's not i don't think it is i, I think they're close yeah they're the closest thing to that
0: um you know who i was always really envious of is um uh chris hunter at bike mm. he he figured it out yep. one post a day <laughs> one bike a day and now i think he does like a weekly roundup and he does some reviews and stuff but he has the format that makes the most sense because like when i go back and look at like what kind of stories get the most traffic it's often like well it's new bikes that come out but it's also like interesting custom one-off race bikes like right. photo galleries and he so like that's like kind of what his sweet spot of content is. like here's a really cool bike that some, someone really talented built yep and that some really talented photographer took pictures of, and it's it's more art than it is anything else. And that and yeah. it's and it's totally evergreen because you can just go through his pages all day long mm-hmm. and find bike after bike after bike that you want to read. Now his slant was always more, uh, let's call it hipster focus, where you have a lot of custom cruisers, a lot of scramblers, a lot of cafe racers, not as many race bikes. Um, but I would love to have found someone like. And that would have found like interesting sport bikes because my interest was always more on the business side and the industry news right. side, but knowing that those kind of stories were the ones that would really light up my my analytics um but you know if wishes were horses then, well, you know. um,
1: again, it's the same question over and over again from a lot of our listeners, Derek from Canada. Oh, Canada. <laughs> Derek does say something interesting. Uh If you want to do a casual podcast about anything, he will totally listen to us. And If it ends up being about quilting corners or burger reviews. I mean, we should probably Burgers. do a burger review anyways.
0: I want a burger right now. I want
1: a burger right now. Thanks a lot. I Thanks. didn't have a big lunch. I had a little snack plate. Thanks. I haven't had lunch at all. I had breakfast and I'm just holding off because I'm making a big ass dinner tonight. Um,
0: What are you making? I'm coming over for dinner. What are you making? Yeah.
1: Steak. Bro. Steak? Grilling on the green egg. Hell yeah. I'm going to keep it simple steak, mashed potatoes, potatoes, sprouts. Some sprouts. I like it. Sprouts of the Brussels variety. How do you do your sprouts? With bacon the way you're supposed
0: to. Do you do, do you do, Um, I've been doing a, a balsamic vinegar reduction lately. Yeah,
1: like a reduction is beautiful on yeah. there. So I, I've been grilling them lately. Yeah. To get a nice char on them, make the bacon on the side, and then either do a balsamic or like a spicy honey drizzle.
0: Ooh, yeah. fuck.
1: My mouth just watered when I said that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you captured the audible gulp I just had.
0: (laughs) Mm. I'm going to get the fly out of my mouth. Can I have some carrots as well that I'm going to grill? If we, if we, we did this once. We had a, we had a podcast that wasn't about motorcycles. (laughs) That's right. We did. If we had a spinoff show, what would you do? What would you be your pick? I'm going to flip this exit interview around. Oh, Food?
1: Food. I think food would be good. Yeah, because I, food to me is like motorcycles. It's a cultural thing. Like I get to meet people.
0: Bikes and burgers. Food. That's that's uh, Jamie Robinson's stick. Bikes it and is. burgers. I love
1: I love what he does. I love I. It's funny. Our friend Miles. Once upon a time, Miles and I went for a motorcycle ride, and we camped out together. And all he wanted to do was recreate Jamie's, uh, like this, bacon in a nice French baguette for breakfast. Mm. And so I brought really nice high end bacon, and I you know grilled it. And then I put it on these baguettes and he was so happy because, you know, he just, when Jamie does a thing where he bites into the food and he just looks at the camera and he's got like hearts for eyes, it makes you go, I want that. I want to fucking have that experience. I want to go there and have that exact, cause I want to see what that tastes like. Yeah. And like, and so that that's my other love in the world is food, motorcycles and food. And together it's just magic. So I say, we just get on motorcycles. Travel the world and eat lots of food and tell everybody about it.
0: Yeah, that's the dream. I'd watch that show. Kidding me? <laughs> I'm surprised that show like doesn't exist. Well, so it so did long. initially. Uh, a certain
1: chef celebrity by the name of Alton Brown had a show called Feasting on Asphalt. We, we just talked. I have no idea who this person is. So. <laughs> He's, so he he was. I don't have a he's one of he's one of Food Network's like first real stars in like the late nineties, early two thousand. Yeah, I had to
0: get a stern talking to from the lady friend about this.
1: I'm sure you did. <laughs> uh, and and okay, so a little backstory. The reason this came up is because Alton messaged me on Instagram and asked me what where the Motor is located. Did you tell him to fucking Google it? <laughs> Listen, man. <laughs> I was just like, "Holy shit!" Alton Brown's messaging me. Here's the I'd address. I still fucking tell him to I Google literally, It. It's the difference between you and I. I'm always friendly, so I sent him the that's, address. That's
0: friendly. I'm teaching a man to fish. <laughs> uh,
1: he knows how to cook the fish. That's all he needs.
0: The poisson. So, like,
1: we have a little group text between Jensen and a couple of you know dear friends of ours, and I put that in there. And Jensen's like the only person going like, "Who's that? who?" And everyone else is like, "What? How the fuck do you not know who Alton Brown
0: is?" I hate cooking shows. I hate them.
1: Um. So, anyways, <laughs> he had a show back in the early early 2000s called feasting on asphalt where him and his camera crew were like kind of riding around and going to different places and he's sort of like the bill nye, bill nye the science guy of motors uh, of food who's bill nye i will throw this at you, <laughs> you <know>. <laughs> Uh <laughs> i grew up on mr wizard yo <laughs> <laughs> um and so it was interesting but i believe he got hurt in one of the episodes and then it kind of got shut down yeah hollywood but, doesn't like
0: people on yeah, well yeah
1: and, and the discovery channel discovery whatever network that owned or owns food network was like no 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 we can't be doing this
0: no 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 no, so
1: to me it's like we should do that and like just put it on whatever fuck format wants to pay for it netflix because sure. apparently they're like charging people more money man. they are what the fuck man stop charging me more money <laughs> um anyways yeah so to answer your question food
0: food food's food. Food. good food there's there's What's also, the m- movie reviews i love movies a lot movies I, I consume a lot of media yeah i do i just um, finally got
1: to watch new batman oh, i haven't seen it yet it's very good it's about 30 minutes too long but it's really it's good.
0: like four hours long
1: three uh almost three hours long
0: yeah yep that's why i haven't seen him like, i don't have that kind of time it's it's like i'm retired i don't have that
1: kind of time in your retirement <laughs> um uh, movie okay. reviews we used to joke around like hey what if we had like a little Video where only on track days we have GoPros on us and we're actually trying to do good times
0: like PRing on there, but also doing a movie review between All two right. people. Goldwing, we get the Goldwing back. Okay. We, we get a movie screen on it. We watch the movie <sighs> while we ride the yes. Goldwing. What could go wrong? Ooh. When this recording today is
1: over, we're going to log into my email and download the Goldwing, the Goldwing review. It's done. It's done. Wow. Y'all. Wow! There is a, the hidden gold wing episode.
0: It two years.
1: That's you know only two years is nothing in the grand scheme of life. You know, since the dinosaurs have been around, it's like we're a but time a capsule. <laughs> it is.
0: It's definitely. It's very interesting because you know, like <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's, early days of the pandemic. It is, and yeah. it's colder out, and <laughs> it's freezing cold out. It was like February, March. I'm, I'm
1: super excited about it. Yeah, they did a really good job. A friend of ours uh, just quickly edited
0: it. God bless them.
1: God bless you. God bless them. Yeah, burger reviews. I'm way into that. I would just. I mean, boy, oh boy, my doctor would be like, "Please don't do that." We've just gotten your blood pressure
0: to where it needs to be. I've been getting really more interested in the four wheel world. I could just see like car car reviews, but like it's such an inundated space. But you know, it's
1: funny if someone does a good job of it, they get a huge following That's because true. it's such a massive market. It's true. Um. But you gotta just find your shtick. Like, what is your? I've been watching these two Canadian guys, Full Throttle, Throttle oh, House. Sorry, Throttle House. House. Love Throttle House. I can't get enough of them. Love them. I think they're like the Fantastic. new. Fantastic. And it's funny because every so often somebody from Top Gear is on their show. I'm like, holy shit, they're like the new Top Gear. Now. They have a lot of cameos. A lot. Yeah. No, they're great. Chris Harris is on there all the
0: time, and they make fun of him. We need Throttle House for motorcycling. We do. But, but us. here's the thing. Here's the thing that is wrong with that idea. And it and, and it's a format thing i've thought a lot about this and i've even been a part of a couple media plans business plans tv pitches Where they want they wanted me to be on tv come on (laughs) that'd be amazing (laughs) such a bad idea that'd be amazing (laughs) you know how much i curse i can't fucking be on tv (laughs) awesome um but the problem is fundamental the beautiful part about the car world and being able to do something like throttle house, all the angles, look at how many of those scenes are the person behind the wheel talking right. to camera. And you can actually see them and you can see them. You see the reaction. They hit the throttle, their yep. face jerks back. They, they laugh. They look at the camera. They tell you yeah, how it was rad. You cannot do that on a motorcycle. You no. can't have a conversation in a, and you can have a conversation in a car. You can't have a conversation on a motorcycle. Right. And that's, part of the thing that makes it really tough. And like, you're just never getting around that. Like even us two up on the Goldwing, it's not the same as having someone in the car. What you need
1: is the camera inside the helmet like they do for uh, Tony Stark. Yes. Which
0: is totally real. Totally a real thing. Completely real. Not CGI. Not CGI at all. As is Piper's side vagina steaming business. Exactly. Which is also real. Which is
1: also real. Um, I do like that one of our listeners... Thomas wrote, Big thanks to Jensen for retiring from A&R so that he can put more time and energy into Brap Talk. Yeah. You know? So we might get a website
0: or something. That's a work, bro.
1: <laughs> <laughs> get those t shirts going. I thought you were doing the t shirts. He said, follow your dreams to the
0: max. Amen. You should follow your dreams to the max. Um, life is too short. We are too young. Uh Did I ever tell you about my Exxon Mobil interview? No. <laughs> this is a fun. This is a fun story that will make sure I never get a job in corporate America again. Um, I was coming out of business school right around the same time I was starting Asphalt and rubber because it was 2009-ish and um, the recession is in full swing. I have like a quarter million dollar in student loans um, that I'm going to have to start paying back soon and no one's getting job offers coming out of school and that's that's how astronaut rubber came to be i started it in a finance class while i was learning about the weighted average cost of capital very simple concept super fun, super fun. D- don't know why we needed a whole day to learn this concept it's very easy just just <laughs> averaging numbers and adding them together done um but i had this interview with exxon Mobil for a rotational management leadership position it's like a fast track management position and like months and months and months of recruitment and dinners and gift baskets and all these things. And <laughs> many gift baskets later, literally many gift baskets later. And, and then I walk into the interview and I can't even remember the guy's name. I think his name is Bill. Hey Bill, how are you doing? Jensen, how would you like to be a corporate controller for the rest of your life? Wow. That sounds like a horrible idea, Bill. Yeah, that sounds boring. Corporate but... controller is basically an accountant. Yeah. First of all, not good at accounting. Second of all, And I literally say this, I'm like, I just can't imagine doing like just one job for the rest of my life. That sounds, that's like my personal hell for starters. That sounds horrible. Uh, let alone like being like an accountant for the rest of my life. That'd be, that'd be just horrible. He goes, Oh, I've been a corporate controller at ExxonMobil for 20 plus years. And I'm like, must be, must be great to have that kind of job security, but that's not, uh, that's not what I want to do. And long story short, that, well, then, well, the next thing out of his mouth is like, there's like this awkward pause and he just goes, so do you have any questions for me? <laughs> what is it like to be a corporate controller for all your life? Yeah, like, how does it have your, how do, how does it feel to have your dreams die when you're in your thirties? Are you okay? <laughs> Blink if you need help. No, I literally, I literally asked him because I like, I realized at this point, like, definitely not getting this job yep, this is uh i've lost this <laughs> how often are you gonna get a business executive from a major oil company in the same room with you and they're like they have to stay there like they, yeah. they budgeted half an hour so what was five your question i was just like yeah so um what are you guys gonna do when all the oil runs out <laughs> jensen going for the kill i'm just like why kill not shot. kill shot i literally have nothing to lose <laughs> i don't want this job not like you're ever gonna hire me so <laughs> burn the bridge <laughs> And I will never forget, he looks me in the eye and he goes, oh, we'll never run out. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Now granted, I was a social sciences major in college. I got a law degree. I'm about to get my MBA. Like, not my area of expertise. You want to know something about psychology, sociology, or the law? I'm your guy. Fucking drilling oil out of the ground. Dinosaur juice? Uh, got nothing. Not my jam. But as I understand it, It's just, it's literally like dead biomass that's been compressed over millions of years. That's turned into oil. It's a finite resource that we're pumping out at a rate that is quicker than it's getting made. Like at some point we're going to run out. He's like, well, we always find more. And I go. Well, you always find more until you don't. I mean, it'll
1: run it is like physically going to like, run out at like, some point. Like
0: you got you got like a hundred pennies and you're kicking a penny away every minute, you're gonna run out of pennies Maybe after a hundred minutes. It'll
1: never run out during
0: his lifetime. Well, what he's talking about is like, you know, if 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 the price of gas goes to like twenty dollars a gallon, then it becomes feasible to drill oil out of like your mom's anus. Like it's just like there comes a point, like there's oil reserves in places that are so expensive. <laughs> That we haven't you know tapped into them yet but if prices get high enough we would but it doesn't end the fact that like like this is a company that had a hundred year plan and i literally said like like how do you guys have a hundred year plan a hundred years ago we didn't even have computers right we never left our planet's atmosphere <laughs> like how are you how are you like we thought the earth was fucking flat about like a hundred years ago You like it's her the reason we don't have nice things yeah Long story short, didn't get the job. The reason I bring it up is a good friend of mine ended up getting the job. They paid him. He has a ridiculous salary. He got an amazing apartment in Texas. He bought a brand new BMW at the time. He bought an 80 inch TV. That was like right when 80 Dang. inch TVs came out. Yeah, they cost like ten grand at it, the time, like more than that. It was ridiculous. And I remember talking to him a couple months after he got the job, or after we had graduated. Sorry. And I was just like, Hey, man, like how's how's on mobile like it sounds like you're crushing it and he goes well i mean you know there's no like my apartment's rad and my car's cool and i got this biggest tv but uh i don't have any furniture in my apartment because i haven't had time to um decorate it uh the tv is still in the box because i don't have time <laughs> to to put it on my wall and watch it I'm working 80 hours a week, and uh, part of that time is spent in my BMW on my three-hour commute in rush-hour traffic to my job. So I fucking hate my life. And meanwhile, I'm making literally like $10,000 a year doing asphalt and rubber, living in my mom's basement, single, and being like, hey, so I'm a blogger. I could would write you, things whenever you, I want. Would you like to go on a date with me that will probably only be able to go to In-N-Out Burger because that's all I can afford because uh, I live with my mom in her basement? Don't get French fries, please. You know, in my late 20s. And and infinitely more more happy. So to say, like, follow your dream, follow what's fun, yeah. go do the thing, take a chance. Um, Turns there's, out there's you, value down that road.
1: Yeah, if you follow the money, it does not often equate to happiness
0: money yeah money can't buy you happiness but it can buy you a motorcycle buy that's you pretty a close era,
1: according to newport beach's uh instagram
0: account which i don't disagree with we talked about this a show or two ago like the worst motorcycle is still like a b yeah
1: yeah go buy a honda rebel 250 you're still gonna have a fucking decent time
0: i, I, I wasn't even gonna go there for the worst listen on, you know i was going all way the way to the rebel 300 but yeah oh yeah that's right the 250 is long gone that's long gone i think i took my uh but they know they
1: don't break you can find one that's 20 years old and probably running just as well as it was 20 years ago
0: i took my msf course on a rebel 250 i did as well yeah
1: it's a staple Uh uh-huh everyone should at some point have ridden a rebel
0: and or a klr yeah (laughs) Yeah. just like that you get a little twitch i was like i saw a klr rider the other day on Mm -hmm. the freeway and i was like oh here's a good one you get it, sir.
1: Yeah, don't listen. Every time I see someone with a KLR doing anything
0: epic, it's like, hey man, you know what? You're my hero. In their head, they're having a great time, and they probably it, are. And that's all that matters. Yeah. Like at the end, like that's a life mantra. Like in, if you're in, in your head, if you're having a great time, keep doing that thing. I run into KLR writers
1: during BDR rides all the time, and you know what they're doing? They're fucking grinning from ear to ear. Yeah, like not a bad time. All right, so we've got Eric, who has um... a. <laughs> I like these. One, every time quote unquote Team Ann is mentioned, (laughs) I hear T Man.
0: T Man. T Man.
1: T Man. T Man, as in a picture across, uh, in a picture. And picture a cross between Mr. T and He-Man. Is that an accurate description of her? You know, yes. sometimes it is. Yes. Yes. In yeah, the eyebrows. Especially in the eyebrows. <laughs> that furling eyebrow. Yeah. And, and the sword she carries on her back.
0: <laughs> oh, man. I don't have to see her tonight. I hope she doesn't Oh, hear man. This. <laughs>
1: she's going to kick you right square in the Mountain Dew. She's
0: such a sweet lady. She
1: has a bottle of Mountain Dew for you. I know she
0: does. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it doesn't really accurately describe her. Anne is a beautiful Italian girl uh, who has a beautiful butt.
0: Yeah, yeah, she is the reason I know you're an ass man.
1: Yep, that is a nice butt. <laughs> uh, and she's going to be so mad at me that she's going to find out how to put this on the air. Uh, number I am two. not editing that out. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> number two, where does, I can't believe there's a question. Listen, how are you from Toronto, Ontario? You don't know the answer to this number two question. Where does, to be fair, come from?
0: You and I have different origin stories on this. Well,
1: mine is the right one. It, it's from a little Canadian show called Letter Kenny. Which is great. And they say it all the time, all the time, because they love saying the wor- the words "to be fair" as Jensen loves saying "to be fair," and then it's always followed up with some kind of a sing song version of "a to be fair." To be fair. So for me, that's where it comes from because I've I've I love that show a lot. Which, by the way, T Man does not like it even a little bit.
0: I like it, but I what I have discovered is I don't actually like the show. I like clips of the show, does and that's
1: and the whole premise of the show was that yeah you're supposed to just catch like these little clips on youtube and then it became a thing so it's just a sketch comedy
0: yeah which
1: really the 20 minute show on tv is like a
0: bunch of little sketch comedies that happen i think that's my like problem with it is like i just can't deal with the non like the lack of continuity between the sketches and there's like there's kind of a story but there isn't
1: right like there's always one underlying story that they will follow up with throughout the um, series yeah but yeah, there's a bunch of shit that happens and there's just a and it's a show that has a lot of fights that break out in it, but there's also a lot of heart in it. There's always a lesson to be learned. Yeah. So I appreciate that about
0: them. So that's where my to be fair. And mine and I just fucking say it all the time. You just say it all it's the time. It's just like it's one of my little verbal tick things. It is. I like it. Like ba ba da ba ba da ba ba da ba 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 do ah ba da ba dee Or when you click your your tongue.
1: Like I'm like I'm riding a horse. Apparently I started doing it at home and Anne's like, Why are you doing that? I'm like, fuck, Jensen. uh number three Hmm. what is the jensen slash shaheen origin story how did you two meet well craigslist (laughs) (laughs) you said you wouldn't tell Uh, you know i feel like we should let people know our (laughs) non-misconnection
0: are misconnections still a thing on craigslist i Uh, I thought that was got taken away
1: no it's still there in fact uh, on instagram there is now a misconnections for portland pdx and they're funny Oh Jesus. Like somebody put on there today, it's like, hey, if anyone's has met me in the last six months, you should go check you should go get checked. I have herpes. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not a misconnection, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's, that's just actually a, a connection. And, that's just uh, good hygiene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um oh. I so I moved to Portland, Oregon in late March, early April of 2015
0: is around the same time. I did. Which
1: not, yeah, not long after you'd moved here. And you had already bought this house, I think.
0: I bought the house October 2014, but didn't move in until February 2015 because I was taking my care of my mom. Yeah, so I moved
1: here a month and a half or so after you did. Yeah. Uh, and then I was at Moto Corsa because I moved to Portland to work at Motor Corsa. Yeah.
0: And uh, I basically lived at Motor Corsa. And you,
1: you basically <laughs> lived in Moto Corsa. And I'd already read your stuff. I didn't actually know you, but I, I knew Asphalt and Rubber and then our mutual friend no one knows
0: me shane exactly no knows that's exactly that's the
1: thing you you're good at hiding if on you, if you google my name right now so much of me
0: comes up you want to know what the photo is if you google my name it's this like is a young this version is, this They're, is a fun thing this came up at a press event once <laughs> literally literally the first oh maybe now it's changed because no, on that one this guy yeah so we were at some press <laughs> line it's we were like at some a drunk Ben lots. Affleck. The only photo they had like a, like a little Facebook like headshot thing, so like all the people of the OEM would right. know who the journalists are, and like had like a little bio about them. This was the only photo they could That's find. Amazing. So I kept having people come up and be like, "Your photo's the best photo. <laughs> I want to be friends with you. Let's do shots." And that me having <laughs> be like, "I'm really boring in real in real life. I don't like doing shots. Drink. Go away."
1: <laughs> yeah, that photo looks like a cross between Tom from Facebook and Ben Affleck, slightly drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's a white shirt, much much darker hair. Oh, th- not a great hair to be seen. I mean, but it's maybe there's great. a couple. You're it's making a good face. It. You definitely got a uh, what the fuck face on that here. That's like I just farted face. Um, so <laughs> which it really is. I have seen your just farted face. It is very similar <laughs> to that. So yeah, I, I met you mm. at Motocorsa. You actually had come by one day, and then our buddy Christian was like, "Oh, that's Jensen Beeler. He owns Asphalt and Rubber." And I was like, "Oh, he writes them. He Goes no, he that's his asphalt and rubber i'm like oh fuck i read a shit in florida that's super cool and then we just start
0: chatting and then you know it turns out i'm friendly i talk to everybody you're a, very gregarious which is funny because i'm not so I'm, I'm i can't remember how we actually became friends it was at course, for sure you don't
1: have a choice with me that's the thing i'm that's just fair. like i'm just that's loud fair. and it ends up in your house somehow
0: i think you you invited everyone over for like dinner and stuff and i can't say no to a free meal yeah so
1: which is pretty much what's happened to a lot of people who have come to the city. If they've just moved here, I'm like, "What are you doing tonight? You want to grab dinner at my house?" And they're like, "Fuck yeah, hot meal." Yeah. And I'm not half bad in the kitchen. You're so very good in the kitchen. You get, you it's, get decent it's food like, once you're once you go, you're in. Yeah, that's it. You're in. It's like eyes wide shut. And, and and exactly. <laughs> a little culty, but you know. A little culty, but uh, everyone's naked. It's everyone's fine. Everyone's a little naked. And T Man knows what you like. As long as you has. don't have
0: herpes, it's fine. Yeah, please. If you have herpes, go check shows. Uh, Everyone Facebook. has herpes. Herpes is like yeah. the most overrated STD. It's not that big a deal. It's okay. It's, it's, L-B-R-A. I was just, this is totally random. I was just reading a thing. Um, gonorrhea is becoming incredibly resistant to, to antibiotics. There's like oh. literally one antibiotic left. That will treat like the latest strain of gonorrhea. So. Well, that's, you know. Heads up on that. Just be careful where you stick your things. <laughs> just be careful. Like get some soap or something. I'm not a doctor. I don't know if that's how it works, but I feel like you can't go wrong with soap no matter what. You know, I just
1: went down to a couple other questions and it's the same one over and over again. Where do, where get do I get my where, content?
0: And now you're going to be gone. Now that you uh, left me behind, where do I go? Uh, 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 I don't know. Start it, start your own publication. Ooh,
1: that's an idea.
0: Uh, uh, <laughs> Interesting. I I don't think today I could start asphalt rubber. Um, the the landscape is different. Like for me, it was very much there was an opening because you had your three or four major print publications. None of them were doing anything meaningful with their online presence. And so there was a void of online information, daily news, motorcycle reviews, all the, all the stuff that Asphalt and Rubber does. Right. And that was also coinciding with like the start of social media. And that's right when business pages on Facebook became a thing. Excuse me. That's right when Twitter started. Um, instagram tiktok snapchat all that stuff didn't exist um rss was still like a major way of people getting news like it was uh you know reddit was a big a big source of traffic uh web forms were a big source of traffic that's right um and that's that's not the case anymore like now the space is incredibly uh impacted there's a lot of publications all vying for the same spot there's probably more p- publications than we than we need truthfully mm-hmm. um and so like the role is different the social media landscape is like it's almost impossible to reach anyone on instagram or facebook uh, twitter is even really difficult now i just read elon musk is buying twitter now um you know like it's all these algorithms have evolved the google algorithm has evolved tremendously um it's really it's really hard so i would feel yeah someone wanted to start a publication today from scratch oh god uh incredibly difficult incredibly difficult even youtube like i think for a lot of uh in a lot of ways like creating a a ginormous youtube presence is very difficult um you need you need a launch point that's somewhere else like that's one thing like you know we talk about like if i had a like a unlimited budget it would be easier for asphalt and rubber to launch a youtube show than right. just starting one from scratch because at least we have an yeah, if audience you're nobody
1: who's following you how do they yeah. find you there's so much garbage that's down everyone's feed nowadays that it's just hard to
0: pinpoint the thing yeah i literally have posted a dozen videos over the course of asphalt mm-hmm. rumors life and i have a thousand subscribers which is nothing but i've also done nothing um but it's funny though if you do the math
1: of like listen don't fuck with me down there cat um code is like
0: She's feisty today yeah she's super feisty i don't know what she's doing <laughs> that's danger
1: um if you think about how many people follow you on asphalt and rubber and your myriad podcasts a thousand followers on youtube is nothing it's nothing it's like the crumbs of everything else you've got going on and they probably were like i'm
0: curious what he's doing on here it's like we were it was like recommended to them yeah or something that's it you know um but yeah it'd be really it'd be really tough to do it it's uh Interesting Listen. thing. she's
1: she, she getting after you? She's a she's she's looking to scratch my foot up. Cutty, 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 come Cut. here.
0: Come here, bubs. There's a meow. Come here.
1: <laughs> she just like came down come and here. just plopped down by my foot and started scratching at it.
0: Come here. Come sit in my lap.
1: You adorable little cat with the claws.
0: I wasn't using my laptop anyways. Come here. Come here. Come on. Come here. Yeah. <laughs> come on. Get up here. She has a lot to say. Come here. Okay. Stop, stop scratching. Yeah, that's my laptop.
1: That's what Come you here. get for now, feeding her as often as she wants to be fed. She had lunch. Yeah, but she wants to be fed every 50 minutes on the dot. Um, I have a question for you. Yes. Do you think you will continue on doing club racing when you move?
0: Interesting question. Because this last weekend was the opening round for OMRA. Right. And I did not participate. And I had a tremendous amount of FOMO. I hate that phrase. but Oh, man, I'm the king of FOMO. I get it. Regret's the wrong word. FOMO feels like something that that fits better. Um, And one of the realizations I had was, and this is how I know I'm getting better with my mental health. Was the fact that, like, I wanted to be there. I wanted to race. I wanted to compete. Um, there's a gentleman, uh, from Canada who races sometimes in my race class that's, that's very fast. And it would have been great to see how I would have performed against him. Mm -hmm. Our good friend, uh, Alex Taylor and Miss Brappy Little Stepsister, um, you know, were out there and they were doing great lap times and, and had good results. And a couple of my other friends were, were doing great lap times as well and sitting there being like, Missing the crew, missing right. missing the gang, missing the camaraderie, missing that thing. And like two, three months ago when I kind of made the decision that I wasn't going to race this year and maybe not race ever, it was during a time when I – like I, I just didn't have the mental capacity to do that, right. to, to get myself ready to to do that stuff. So to see that like I have like that twinge of regret and that desire is like a good benchmark of – I want to, that I must be getting better. Um, And, you know, doing the work is working. Um, That being said, like, the reason I didn't race up until when did I start? 2019. Mm -hmm. The reason I didn't race until then is I'm kind of an all for nothing, all or nothing person in the sense that, like, it's very hard for me to just go do a race on a weekend or even just like, and I thought about this weekend, like, you know, it's like Friday. We're like, man, the weather's going to be really good. Maybe I'll just show up on Sunday. Maybe I'll just race Sunday. Mm -hmm. I have a very hard time just doing that. If I go and do it, I want to do it all the way. So for the weekend, like I want to do the Friday track day. I want to do Saturday's racing. I want to do Sunday's racing. In fact, I don't want to just do Friday's track day. I want to do the track day, a week or two before that to do a shakedown and get my make sure my stuff is ready and da, da 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 because at the end of the day, I don't want to just win a race. I want to win a championship. I want to either win a club championship or a class championship. And so it's very much an all-or-nothing thing for me, and that's what kept me out from the beginning. like Unless I make a commitment that I'm going to do every single round and every single race and every race I'm going to give my 100%, I don't really want to do it. And I look at where I am going forward in my life and moving to California and what that landscape looks like. The logistics of racing in the Pacific Northwest while living in California is substantial. Just from logistics of traveling, yeah, the time resources, all those things. And that was originally kind of my plan. I was like, oh, I'll still do this year's races and I'll fly up and I'll leave my bike here and da, 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 da. And I was like... Uh, think about that in reality you're gonna leave work thursday come back to work tuesday and you're gonna do that one week for every month for the next six months at a job you just started hypothetically yeah good luck um what's the
1: club scene look like in california
0: i mean afm is probably the gold standard club in america um some of the fastest racers come out of afm a lot of the moto america guys come out of afm afm is a fantastic organization you also now there's the CRA, which races out of Buttonwillow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buttonwillow's investing. They're going to have several track configurations, uh, including a whole new track layout, like a bigger second track. You have Chuck Walla, which is like the go-to winter series that keeps everyone on their toes and fresh. So there's a fantastic racing series there. I just don't see myself. It's that same thing. Like I don't really want to race a Buttonwillow i've been there i've stayed in um uh, what's the city called bakersfield i don't ever <laughs> want to do that again it's not a particular track that i that i enjoy riding it's it's quite far away it's 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 logistically difficult thunderhill's not that far from bay area no thunderhill's not bad uh, laguna's right there Sears points right there but not that far either really it's, but that's where I start getting into, like, okay, well, like, if I want to race AFM, I'm not going to go do the bottom all the rounds. I don't want to. Right. So, right there, I'm not doing the championship because it's, it's like half the races. And it's like, wow, okay, well, then I'm going to go up to Thunder Hill and maybe do Laguna. And it's like, okay, well, that could be fun. And I've got some friends that do it. And I know some people, but, like, like, um. You know like personal stuff like i'm i'm kind of like shoehorning into a family i'm starting a new career like my time and my resources are have changed uh considerably and so like my commitments are different and my mindset is different so you know that's a really long way of saying like i don't think so shaheen i don't mm. know like there's definitely a part of me that absolutely loves competing and loves racing and loves the friendships and the paddock atmosphere and just pushing 100% and enjoys that. There is a practical side of me that's just like, what time are you going to be doing that with? Mm-hmm. And because it was a lot easier when you own your own business and you live 20 minutes away from the track that you do two thirds of the races at and you can ride it all off as a business expense. Exactly. Um and and write stories about it and hone your skills and and develop a, a bike with with kramer and, and all these things um it's very different when you're like a civilian who has a nine to five job and and, and i should say like I, I was single and my life was very much my own i just had my cat that i had to come home to and now i'm like responsible for for people that are are too young to vote and have a partner and and all those things and it's like it's a different it's a different math it's a different equation and i think that's why we see a lot of people leave the motorcycle industry there it's funny when you look at the demographics of motorcycle ownership in the u.s there's this like it's like a it's like a camelback there's two humps right and the trough of those two humps is right around where you and i are it's like that late 20s is when it starts going down and it really drops around 30 35 and then it sort of starts coming up and it doesn't really hit its next peak until like you're in your 50s and it's because like that age group that's when you're getting married having your first kids buying your first house you're in a point in your career where you're probably transitioning from like an employee to like lower management or whatever it is like you're moving up you're not just an entry-level person. Now you're a a person with work experience. You right. have more responsibilities in your job. You're you're maybe more focused on your career, whatever it is you're doing. You know, whether you're swinging a hammer or a, a fax machine, like you're you're moving up, and that's where your life is focused on because you have things and priorities that that cost money and take precedence. Um, children being the biggest one, and then you start getting to that like, oh, now I'm settled in. My kids maybe have left the house or they're in high school. They take care of themselves. They drive themselves. I'm stable in my job. I've been doing this thing. I've been, I've been a corporate controller for 20 years. Oh god, <laughs> Um, and like you have, like you have time for other hobbies and and money to do them. And then you see people reenter and, uh, the motorcycle industry and buy two wheels again. Um, I feel like I'm in the bottom of that trough in my life cycle. I'm a little bit of a late bloomer, but, um, yeah, it's interesting.
1: So, well, <clears throat> I think the word here, uh, that I'm going to use for your you know, your change as priorities, right? Yes. I feel like that's the overlaying uh, theme because that's all going to change. So based on the change of priorities, where do you see yourself on two wheels? It's a good question. Um,
0: I don't know. Uh, One of the things I've discovered about myself, one of my mental care things and this is this is interesting so you know we've talked about this a little bit on the show like i have this uh social worker that i now i talk to every other week because i guess i'm less of a, a nutcase now <laughs> um but she calls me and like I, I honestly don't know what her job is um not to say like that like in a negative way but like i'm just kind of like ambiguous about the role that she plays in and me getting better and so I just I just say things. I just say shit. And she's just like the sweetest probably 20 20 30 something year old on the other side of the phone just listening Start to her me career. just just yeah, I'm just probably just blindsiding her with just like <laughs> Jensen Beeler bluntness. But it was really interesting cuz she was like, "Oh, let me let me show you some breathing techniques and and stuff." And I'm like, I'm like, literally I will take whatever advice any help I can get. Like I just Whatever, whatever outside perspective I can get is great. Right. So I'm like, yeah, sure. Tell me breathing exercises. And I was talking to my my lady friend about it, and she was like, "Well, what do you think about it?" And I was like, "Well, it works and it doesn't work. It works, and it's like, like breathing's just breathing, but it's it's not about the breathing. It's about you thinking about the breathing, the counting, because it was it was called a square breathing or four breathing, square mm. breathing." You inhale through your nose for three seconds. You hold it for three seconds. You exhale out your mouth for th- three seconds. You hold that for three seconds, and then you breathe in again start that process over. And, like, there's a little bit of, like, you're, you know, filling your lungs with oxygen or whatever. But most of it is just the mental process the of process, breathe right? in, hold, yeah. stop, release, do 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 And it's, it forces you to be in the moment. Because it's, it's a exercise for anxiety. And I was like, yeah, breathing I was like that for me, that exercise is what motorcycles are. Yeah. The, the beauty, the beautiful thing about riding a motorcycle is, and I would imagine this is the same with like surfing or rock climbing or any, any sport really. I'm sure people get this level out of it if they're doing it at like a high enough level or enough intensity. But for me, riding a motorcycle is very much about living in the moment. The landscape, the road, the turns, the process of riding a motorcycle is so um, engaging. I have to have my left hand, my right hand, my left foot, my right foot. I'm constantly scanning the road with my eyes. My body is being pushed against with the wind. I'm experiencing the smells of the terrain around me. Uh, I can feel the temperature changing as I go through the shade and the sun. And then you have to, you know, you know, deal with like the traffic and the, you're the processing the, all the scenery that the entire time. It's a very <sighs> engrossing activity. And I think any motorcyclist that they just, you know, listening to this podcast just heard that can relate to like you cannot ride a motorcycle, especially at speed and think about something else. Now, granted, like if you're just pounding pavement on the highway, like yeah, my mind wanders too. But when I'm out for a spirited ride, when I go into the hills outside of Portland, when I'm riding for recreation and fun, mm-hmm. I don't have the ability to think about anything else except what's happening right in front of right. me. Right. You can't afford to do that. No, you can't. That's, that's It forces you. And, and rock climbing is the same way. It's like, if you're not paying attention while you're rock climbing, you're going to fall off the fucking rock. <laughs> uh, it's the same thing like when you're in the wave on a surfboard, like you're feeling the board's connection to the water, and it's it's a it's an engrossing experience. So that is something I'm realizing like is really important to have in my life. And I think there was a point in time where I wasn't riding for pleasure enough. And that's something I've really tried to get back to. Um that's my version of that breathing exercise. Yeah. And and that's and I think about it, like like that's what I did in college. That's what I did in law like I literally got into riding on the racetrack. Uh, and doing track days so i could have a break from my law school classmates that was my like i can't sit and think about the paper i have due or the thing of that you know whatever that happened in class the next case or whatever like i'm on a racetrack i'm going 10 tenths i'm clearing my mind like this is my break from this like 12 hour daily thing that i do that's that's all encompassing in a different way and so yeah my like my relationship with motorcycles going forward, I think for my own sanity has to be, uh, continue on a recreational level yeah. and moving to California, there's a transportational element to it as well. But, um, a big part of what I'm hoping to achieve through the, you know, my quote unquote retirement is finding motorcycles to be fun again. And that was always the thing that I said, like the day it stops being fun is the day I have to stop doing asphalt and rubber. And that's not to say that like motorcycles stopped being fun for me, but it was very much work. Yeah. It's a business
1: process every day.
0: And it was, and that was the same thing, like getting involved enough in motorcycle racing that the racing stopped being fun. Right. And having mean like, okay, I need to take a step back from that involvement. I need to take a step back from my involvement in the motorcycle industry as a journalist, as a publisher, as an editor to have fun in it again, you know, and I'm hoping I can find a role in the industry um, that is different enough that like, it's still fun. Like there's a new challenge for me in this industry somewhere and you know, talking to people about what that challenge could be has been really exciting. Like, like you asked me, I think at the beginning of the show, what I've been up to, what I've been up to is thinking a lot about other people's problems <laughs> and, and being excited about it. Like, Oh man, how could I, how could I add value to what this company is doing or what this person is doing or what this organization right. is doing and and the things that they're facing and being like, wow, like I am actually engaged and excited and hoping that I can be a part of that because that's interesting to me again.
1: You have a very interesting perspective for the industry because for the last 13 years, you've had to have your finger on the pulse of the entire thing. and That's not necessarily an easy thing to do, but to be able to do it and be present on a daily basis for it, I think is giving you like I said this interesting perspective that I hope will get used continuously for the betterment of the industry I was talking to a fellow friend of ours who is a industry professional and he actually said it really well I think about you and this is how I would summarize you know my perspective of the, the Jensen Beeler's relationship with the motorcycle industry and that you've always you've never held back And you've always given your most raw opinion uh, and been critical to the the industry for the last 13 years. And even though that sometimes rubs those people the wrong way, someone like him would still look at me and say, I'm going to miss him on that platform because we don't have a whole lot of uh, – I sound like such a boomer when I say this, but I feel like the <laughs> industry, the the journalism side of the industry is starting to sort of be filled in with this um, influencer-type panel uh, that is more excited just to be there and doesn't really have much of a technical you know, understanding of the entire industry. Maybe they're sport bike riders, maybe they're dirt bike riders, maybe they're cruiser riders, but they're sort of single-dimensional. They don't have this dynamic view of the whole thing. And so to have someone that has this, that sort of a dynamic hold on it And to be still able to have integrity and allowing themselves to be critical and losing relationships because of that, you know, not understand, you know, some people don't see that side of it, right? They don't see the, uh, the shit you've had to put up with to be who you are. It was really neat and a little bit bittersweet to hear someone like this person who I know has probably been critical of your criticism say, no, I want to miss that. You know, it's going to, it's going to kind of suck to not have that there anymore. So I feel like you should hold on to that in your head uh and that you have affected a lot of people in a very, very good way. And I hope that that continues on being. I, I do hope that motorcycling continues to be a source of joy because that it really is for us, right? You you said it perfectly. We made fun a couple of episodes ago about the, you know, the saying of you never see a motorcycle in front of a <laughs> yeah. you know, shrink's office, but that's not that's not a healthy thing to say, but I think the thing that most of us can definitely uh, relate to is that, yeah, when you're on that motorcycle, whatever kind it is, whatever activity it is you're doing on it, whether it's cruising down street on your cruiser or track day on your sport bike or canyon carving on it or BDR or you know motocross on your favorite track, you have to be present. There's so much going on. It's such a physically and mentally dynamic process that you have to be present. You have to be here now. And it takes away the rest of the shit that's going on in your life, you know, even for 15 to 20 minutes. And so it is our little breathing exercise. And I really am looking forward to it uh, being a fun, joyous activity for you where you don't have to worry about advertisers. You don't have to worry about, you know. Deadlines. Deadlines and, you know,
0: hate mail and threats and, the hate mail is, that's an interesting one. I'm surprised we haven't talked about that.
1: Uh, well, because most, most people, including myself, want to hope that the hate mail is such a small and insignificant part of it. And we know it's not. We're human beings, as you said earlier. And emotionally, we're tied to the thing that we love the most. Like, I am super proud of what I do every day. Yeah. Right? Does that mean I'm not criticized for it? Nope, I am, oftentimes, actually. But I I try to look at the criticism um, in a healthy manner, even though sometimes it's difficult to do, because it sucks. It's like a it's a direct questioning of your your persona because you put so much of it into it. Right? Sure. You're not a you're not an accountant for Exxon. You're a <laughs> right. Like in my case, I'm the general manager of what I think to be the best dealership in the country. But when I have that in my head, when I call it the best dealership in the country, that means I have 19 people under me that I want to take really good care of, so that they can continue to give that good experience yeah. to everybody. So I take it super personally and not necessarily in a bad way. If somebody comes to me with a criticism and that, you know, motor course that did XYZ wrong, then I take that as a learning experience and try to fix it because that's my
0: number one priority. Do do I lose sleep over it? Sometimes, totally. That's, that's what I wanted to ask you about because you're one of the, or you're in a position or one of the few positions that could probably relate to the idea of hate mail because your, your job is a job that, um, people people can go on yelp and leave a review like about your shop or when you started at you know the dealership and did you start in f and i or sales yep f and i so you wouldn't necessarily necessarily like see like a yelp or you're like a finance guy but sales guys for sure right you know so it's, it's a very strange concept that a anonymous stranger can leave a public review about your job performance. Yes. Which
1: will which will affect
0: a lot of things. Which will affect a lot of things. Totally. And that's a that's a really weird like exactly no one's leaving her Yelp review for the accountant at ExxonMobil. No. Your boss might give you a bad, you know, promotion, whatever up uh pay raise at the end of the year performance review whatever like
1: personal attack or attachment or anything to it
0: yeah but they're not going to put that on the internet and be like everyone look at this bob did a really bad job uh cooking (laughs) the books this year fucking bob (laughs) zero stars would not recommend (laughs) um i remember the very 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 first negative comment on asphalt and rubber that someone was like jensen beeler you're an idiot i don't know why you wrote this you fucking moron you industry hack blah 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 blah. i forget what it said to be honest because it was something you know paraphrasing yeah it was basically like your shit right Um, you suck don't do this and i remember losing sleep for like two three days like it affected me and now every day someone says something bad about me and i'm just like yeah, it's just like you're yeah, i not your man. gonna make all of you happy.
1: Yeah, I'm like <laughs> ah, sorry. You know, it's that- funny on on my side of it. You know, as a retail operator, th- we know we're not gonna make everyone happy. That's just a thing that you have to know in order to be able to, you know, maintain some modicum of sanity. Because otherwise, you're gonna drive yourself absolutely bonkers. I have fired half dozen uh, uh, customers in the last two years because some people have the entitlement right there's an entitlement yeah. that like you know i am a pro anr pro subscriber so i can say whatever the fuck i want to you right or i am a customer of yours who's bought something between a five to thirty thousand dollar motorcycle from you yeah. and so i have the entitlement to say whatever the fuck i want because i'm the customer and i can do and say what i want and you as a retail operator or purveyor of news just have to bend over and bend over and take it and that's just not the case yeah i will i will never ever and and i feel sorry if anyone has a boss that allows this to happen but i will never ever ever allow anyone i don't care who you are to mistreat my employees they mean an awful lot to me now if they're right then i'm going to fix it but it still does not need need to be in a in a an abusive way but The only times I've had, quote unquote, bad reviews is when someone comes in with just like unbelievable expectations, which is typically an entitlement that is mistaken for expectation. Mm -hmm. And they're corrected. And we still fix it because we are still a retail place. We want to make sure you have good experience. And if they refuse to allow it to happen, then it's like, well, I have to let you go as a customer because your, your entitlement is now trying to look like expectation and there is no pleasing you because you feel like because you've spent some money at at this place of business that you can now push your weight around all day long and I feel like it's doubly so as a you know as a news outlet because people tend to be You know emotional about their feelings and you know they're behind a keyboard and you're never really face to face and they can just you know have the keyboard warrior mentality and say whatever the hell they want to say without any real uh uh, consequence right like what
0: are you going to do ban them from the place yeah i mean like worst i want to say worst case scenario you get banned which is i would say the most common remedy i mean we i don't know if we talked about it on the Apple podcast or i edited it out but i had that whole death threat Yeah, yeah thing uh, I think I edited it out. Um, I mean, that had real consequences for for that person. Um, of course, um, that, that's that, taking that, it that's, way too that's far. That's the extreme. That's, yeah, that's way a, too far. Um, and that's like months and months and months of, of buildup to get to that point. Um, yeah, yeah. I want to paraphrase that story for everyone in case. <laughs> just go listen to the
1: song Stan, Stan by Eminem and you've got the story well except well, except it doesn't end with anyone really dying. no one no one dies no one's died but everywhere up to the point where people die it's basically that story like when you were saying it to me i'm like "Dude, i've heard this
0: song yeah I i've know heard this it, song. I've, <laughs> heard, I've seen this play out <laughs> uh i know where this goes um, fan stan
1: <laughs> that's weird um which is by the way not the person's name at all it just happens to be yeah, a song just, stan. it's eminem eminem
0: yeah uh yeah it's it's fast. it's um in a way like if you if you can reach someone and affect someone to the level of like they have to get on the internet like they feel compelled to right. get on the internet and tell you why you're wrong or bad at your job or didn't do something right or didn't know something on a certain level it's like kind of a sign you're doing it right because it's like well you you don't argue with people that you don't care about Yes, you shouldn't so like that just shows like like the influence like you're wrong and I need to prove you why you're <clears throat> wrong because right. if it was just so obvious that you were not good at your job, no one would care. So there's like a weird like inverse relationship there that that is mind-boggling. Um, I think the bigger the bigger one that that affects me is is the personal relationships, like the personal toll of of this job and like and this comes back to like what i was saying before like you know people don't want to write bad things about the about their friends or or Mm -hmm. the people that they they interact with like like even if you're not friends with them like if like like if you and i just saw each other casually once a week because we live in portland and like i don't want to like I wouldn't want to write something bad about more course because then every time I see him, I'm like, oh, I just yeah, wrote exactly. that, horrible thing. that guy. oh yeah. god, it's so awkward. <laughs> We're in line together to get a hot dog. Oh, why am I eating a hot dog? I don't even like hot dogs. Oh my God, all the life choices I made right or wrong. <laughs> but um like that's that's the harder part because uh like like I, I think I've said before, like, you know, like this job has burned through several good relationships that could have developed into you know lifelong partners for myself and you know there's people that get offended by the things you write there's there's companies that get offended by the things you write um and there's there's a toll there like no one in fact i said this to a manufacturer once because they were they were applauding some story that i wrote about them that was favorable and I think I'd written a couple stories at that point in time that were favorable. And I was like, yeah, I'm your friend now because you like what I'm That's writing. Right. But the real test is going to be how you feel about me on the day that I write something about you you don't like. And that day will come because no one does it perfectly. And I'm not here to like poke people in the eye and find trivial things that are wrong and just be a negative Nancy. But like you're going to fuck up at some point and I'm going to have to write that story. And you know, well, the true test of whatever this, you know, quote unquote friendship or relationship or, you know, mutual admiration society membership. The true test will come when like I write something you don't like. Right. And and lo and behold, they try to sue me three times. So You know, (laughs) it just you know it's like it's like okay. (laughs) In a way I was right. Okay. Didn't really want to be right on that one, but okay. Well, um, like I said, I want to end
1: this on a, uh, <laughs> I, I want it in a positive way and I want to go Sorry. back to what I was saying. No, I, I think I want to, uh, and I feel like everyone who's written into us and spoke to me and, and Coda pretty much has the exact same sentiment that I do. We want our friends to do better. We want our friends to have good lives and be mentally and otherwise, you know, emotionally f- happy and stable and you know, you've, you've certainly been taking many, many positive steps towards your own life. And part of that is kind of like recognizing, hey, this has come to an end and I got to go do something else. Yeah. Um, because you have friends like me in the world, we're never going to really let you go from this that hard. So like, like I'm sitting here
0: scheming, like, how can I, maybe I buy asphalt and rubber, maybe a... Uh, Machine is the leading, the maybe, leading uh, acquisition.
1: Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe I grab this thing, and then uh, you know, Jensen's just going to be my—I uh, don't know, your bitch, my bitch for a little <laughs> while. <laughs> um, but anyways, you know, Aldrich. Finally, aside. I get to
0: be the bottom. <laughs> uh, finally, finally, <laughs> going to switch.
1: Um, but Aldrich's aside, you know, as I said, I, I am looking forward to you having a, um, an outlet in motorcycling that sort of started this whole journey for you. 13 plus years ago. Um, and it's, it's sort of fun. It's fun to watch people around you um, evolve and, you know, do different things in their lives. It's really exciting to see you, you know, essentially becoming a family man and, you know. Crazy. You know, getting your midlife crisis car pretty soon. And Crazy. Listen, man, I'm excited about all this stuff. As, as someone, uh, T-Man always loves when I say this to people, like it's easier to play chess than somebody else's board. Yeah. I'm watching you make some really good moves right now. Kind I'm excited fun. about the moves.
0: You know, I, I feel like there's there's a little melancholy to the show, and hopefully, we've been humorous enough that that it's not the case. But um, I'm like this when I watch a TV show, and like like uh, like the season finale. Yeah, you're like, it's motherfucker. like not even the season, but like the end of the end of the show. Like I like like the whole the whole span, the last episode, and you're like it ends, and you're like, I feel like my friends just died. Right. Like, what do I do now? Um, <laughs> it, it, you know, there's a little like I get that part of it, but the um. If there's a, a, a like a happy epilogue at the end of it, it's like, um, you know, I, I'm really excited about what I have in in store for me. Like on a personal yeah. level, um, I'm moving to an area that I love. I'm I'm moving in with a, a woman I love. She has two great kids that. Uh, I'm sure it will drive me bonkers and I'll love them anyways. <laughs> so like, place I love, a woman I love, some kids that I'm going to tolerate. I'm going to tolerate the <laughs> shit out of them. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to bring my stupid cat with me and I'll be closer to my mother who's, who's, um, on her own and, and needs help. So it's all good things. I'm, I'm leaving Portland at a good time. Uh, I'm mostly excited that I'm going to have a place to come crash when I come to the Bay Area. We're not that far from Laguna Seca. Exactly. Uh, so when, um, Racing returns there, but it, it, it's a lot of positive things, and you know, I think we talked about this the, when we were talking about the mental health. Like, it's not like there's negative things going on in my life. There's a lot well, of really positive things. I'm really excited about what this next chapter is. Just the careers. series is ending. The series is ending. <laughs> the 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 there isn't going to be um another another season after this. Right, but there might be a spinoff show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you
1: know, like <laughs> we're gonna do that burger review show, y'all. We, I'm we, just saying.
0: Like Breaking Bad ended, and now we're getting into Better Call Saul. <laughs> And, and and hopefully it's just as good as the as the original. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Um, well, cool. Um, the good news is, Brap Talk remains. Brap
0: Talk remains. If you have uh, to take away one thing, because yeah. we got a couple of emails that were like, "Oh, I'm gonna miss you." Nope. I'm like, no, no, no. We're still around. Still gonna, around. It's still it's gonna around. bother you every week. I'm not quite dead yet. I'm not dead yet.
1: I'm feeling much better. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So the, the good news is, we're still gonna be around even after Jensen moves. I have my studio set up, so we're gonna be. Doing this thing. Kind of like when COVID first started. We were doing yeah. it, you know, away from each other, but we're still doing it. Get to see each other's faces and get to see Coda jumping around on your ta- on your desk.
0: It's actually, easier for me to edit when we're not in the same room. That's probably true. It is true. We gotta get like your you have just pure files. Well, and there's no there's no bleed over between the microphones. Yeah.
1: Oh, there is, especially with my dumb voice. Um You you have a very you have a presence. Yeah, I have my voice. I it doesn't sound like it in my ears, but everybody's like, dude, your voice carries. Oh yeah. Which is weird because in my head I still sound like the little fifteen-year-old Uh but somehow it's gotten beefier. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 super excited for you. I'm I'm of course on a personal level super sad that you're leaving, but uh, it's exciting to see what's going on and and thank goodness that we're able-bodied people that can travel easily. And
0: you're really only a fucking hour and a half flight from here. It's really not far. I have family <laughs> here. I'll be here at least a couple times a year. Yeah.
1: So Well, and as we say to all of our dear friends, you always have a home here, literally,
0: uh, in our house. And, uh, yeah, man. Good talk. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. I course. really enjoyed you know, my, working my pleasure. for you.
1: Thanks for being a good, uh, source for the last 13 years. And, uh, can I, think, I get like
0: a letter of recommendation? Yeah, totally. You can like a, just like an open letter.
1: Call me, and I will you know let them know that you were in these jobs for those specific dates. I
0: really need a LinkedIn profile <laughs> recommendation. If you can, you know. Okay, so normally we end the show like, hey, can you leave a rating a review on the podcast? can you can you just leave a a LinkedIn recommendation?
1: That's what we need. <laughs> we actually need you know webraptalk at gmail.com right. Your no, letter don't of you recommendation. Just, I don't want you to
0: email it to me. I want you to get on LinkedIn, find my profile, leave a recommendation.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> Pretty do good both. with
0: cats. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Go to LinkedIn, write them a nice little recommendation. But also, webraptalk@gmail.com. <laughs> I need you to write your letter of recommendation for Jensen. I want to read these. I'm curious. <laughs> Jesus what are the things you remember? What are your favorite things? And uh, you know, still send your questions because we love answering them, and we're gonna kind of see what direction Braptalk goes in. Uh Definitely love the parts where we get to connect with people and talk about people's rides and places to ride. And uh, I'm really sort of excited to have a different perspective from you when you move at the end of May or so, whenever that ends up being. Just a regular Joe. Just a regular Joe talking about his rides in the Bay Area and the people that cut him off when he's
0: trying to lane split. I think we'll still talk about news and stuff. Probably. I still have that like RSS. I have an RSS aggregator. Oh, that's amazing. It's like literally like 200 publications. Here's the thing. I'm kind of joking,
1: but I'm kind of serious about trying to buy this goddamn thing from you. We'll talk. We'll talk.
0: I got, I got a, I got
1: a number in my head. Nice. We're gonna negotiate. An <laughs> Iranian and a dealer are gonna negotiate.
0: A Dane and an, a Dane Iranian, and an Iranian walk into a bar. What could possibly go wrong. <laughs> Two mice Two. fall into a vat of milk. <laughs> All
1: right. On that, a uh, happy note. Uh, Koda Kitty has finally uh, found her loaf. She's full though. Loaf. She's loafed out over there on the end of the couch, not chewing on my socks anymore. Thank you, Koda. I am amazed
0: the recorder made it to the end of the show. I'm proud. It of is that l- thing. out of batteries. Oh dang! <laughs> All right. Well, on
1: that note, uh, follow us on Instagram uh, at Brap Talk, Twitter at We Talk, Facebook Brap Talk Motorcycle Podcast. Send us emails webraptalk at gmail.com. I got a lot of good dad jokes, and you're lucky I didn't oh answer any I of them. I saw a ton I wanted of to read all jokes. of them out to you, no. but yeah, I'm going to do going next do that the next, next one. show. And <laughs> listen, now that the, uh, the Goldwing episode is basically done, I'm going to give it to you, and then maybe that's like episode number 90.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, we should totally. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm off the hook next week. Right? Boom, yeah. boom! Just like that.
1: Two years ago, we let that marbles fall where they may, and boom, here we are. Goldwing episode
0: because that bike is still relevant. It's still around. Yeah, it's pretty much the same bike. Bigger trunk now.
1: Bigger trunk. That is the Badonka Donk is much bigger on that one.
0: Uh, Do we have a YouTube channel? No. Asphalt and Rubber does. I'll we'll put it up on that one. All right, well, we'll do that one. We'll have a, we'll have a brap talk. That way, whoever buys sub- Asphalt and Rubber will have all the hits from yeah, that. Yeah. Mine. Because it'll probably
1: blow up. Me by myself. Cheyenne Alvandi, asphaltandrubber.com. I like it. I can't I like wait to, to change that. the bio on that thing. Cheyenne Alvandi does no shit about motorcycles. Read the shit. Something like that.
0: Um, good talk. Stay yeah, good there.
1: talk. 53rd. Make good choices. Bye.
0: And I'm serious. Leave me a LinkedIn review. Yeah, seriously. LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I hoped I, I thought I recorded that and I didn't. Dang it. Damn it. Curse you. Double record button. Uh oh, butts. Oh. <laughs> the damn thing's been waiting so long for me to hit record that it's already lost a, a battery <laughs> bar. <laughs>